Is It Transphobic? will be addressing issues of transphobia and transmisogyny. We may also address issues of racism, classism, ableism, and various other intersectional issues in this podcast. So this is a trigger warning. The panelists on Is It Transphobic? will also use strong language. So listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Is It Transphobic podcast. My name is Ashley Lauren Rogers. I use she, her pronouns. And today I'm being joined by... My name is Vivian Aladren, and I use either she, her, or they, them pronouns. And it's nice to meet you. Yay! So today we watched Adam Sandler's Jack and Jill. Boy, did we! Yeah, this is Adam Sandler month. This was a request from JPEG Format, who uh, hands me my assignments. Oh, fun! And specifically... This was, uh, JPEG was very mad at me because I initially wanted to do, like, they wanted me to do this maybe two weeks ago. Uh, but we got a lot of really good uh, special guests, and mm-hmm. I didn't want to subject Kelsey to this because I subjected Kelsey to Curse of the Queer Wolf. And so, uh, nice. so a little bit late, but uh, March is Adam Sandler month. Oh. So... <laughs> What a great month. Yeah, doesn't that make what you happy, great Madison? Month. Um so tell me a little bit about Jack and Jill. Do you wanna give a plot synopsis? What happened in this oh, movie? Oh boy, do I <clears throat> So this is a movie about twins, specifically one pair of twins, uh one named Jack and the other named Jill, uh starring both Adam Sandler and Adam Sandler, as mm-hmm. the commercials advertised. Um mm-hmm. so it's a movie <clears throat> Sorry, my throat's getting a little gummy. No worries. Uh-huh. Do you want some water? <clears throat> yeah, maybe just a bit. Okay. Yeah, keep just rolling. I'll be right back. So it's a... Um... And sorry, live magic is happening. Um, so it's a movie where... Uh... <laughs> it's so weird to explain. So Jack is this guy... Oh, thank goodness. Um, Jack is this guy who kind of has everything in the world. Everything. Like... <clears throat> Like I I don't I don't know he's like a a, a producer for uh, commercials and he has a mansion and like cruise tickets and a lovely wife and an adopted child and another child who just carries around like miniature doll versions of herself yeah the American Girl doll <clears throat> style they don't ever call it that but the American Girl yeah uh, where you can dress up like your doll yeah yeah um and. Uh, we start off properly with him dreading being visited by his twin sister, mm-hmm. who is, like, a terrifying, like, parody of... We'll probably yeah. get into that later. Um, yeah, basically... It's Adam Sandler dressed up like a yeah. woman. Ha, 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 It's funny! Yeah, no, well, it's it's also interesting because Adam Sandler is the two faces of Adam Sandler that we ever see, which is the, like, kooky, naughty, I'm Adam Sandler! <laughs> and also the, I'm depressed! I don't know why, I can't explain it, but I'm Adam Sandler! He really only has those two forms. Yeah. He has, like, the, like, misunderstood, like, clumsy man-boy, mm-hmm. and the, like, wacky caricature! Mm-hmm. Oh! Mm-hmm. 
So, basically, the plot is very thin. Uh, I've been meandering around trying to explain It's totally that. cool. No, the, the plot is very thin. Uh, <laughs> so they invite, so uh, Jack's sister Jill comes in for initially Thanksgiving, and then does that thing where it's like, oh, I was thinking about maybe staying for another couple of weeks or months or years. And Adam wants, or Jack wants Jill gone. So he tries to set her up with someone, including at one point Al Pacino, who yeah. falls head over heels for Jill. Um, legitimately and Al Pacino. Legitimately like... Al Pacino. Famous actor Al Pacino, star of such movies as I Can Only Think of the Terrible Ones, like Geely, and Dog Day Afternoon, actually, star of Dog Day Afternoon, and is a transphobic movie. The Godfather. Oh, and that Godfather movie, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) It's something about, like, a robber. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah. Uh, And shenanigans ensue, and let's let's get into the... I guess the... the moral of the story is, like, you have to love your sister... I guess, but yeah, like, but it like was, it, uh, yeah, it it honestly, and I I said this to you before we started recording. Mm-hmm. It feels like this was an excuse for Adam Sandler to get a paid vacation for him and his family. Yeah, kind of. And I gotta tell you, I don't fault him for that because, sure, like honestly, if I was in that position, sure, I might have put a little bit more thought into the script and the production of it, but. Well, aren't you fancy? I know, right? Ooh. Yeah, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to fault a guy for basically wanting to take his family on vacation. Yeah, that's, that in itself isn't a problem. Yeah. I can fault him on all the other fun stuff, though. <laughs> Let's start faulting him. Let's start. Yeah. What's up with the fun stuff? <laughs> yeah. So why don't we start with some characters? So let's start with, so we've already talked a little bit about Jack. We've talked a little bit about Jill and specifically the problems that we have. Uh, there is a, and I'm on the fence about saying that like cis men wearing women's clothing, because there's a lot of people who immediately will say like, that's there's no great area. Yeah. It's all bad. Boo to that. Yeah. I used to be like that, yeah. actually. And then I had to, like, change my mind about that because it's a more complicated issue. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's a very complicated issue, uh, except in the case of Jack and Jill. That's no, pretty it's... cut and dry. This is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, 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 I, I guess I was trying to look at it through the lens of, like, well, where, where do I want to go with this? There's like a very surface <laughs> level interpretation of it that mm. is very blasé about the whole thing mm. because there's technically not really any trans characters in the movie. No. So you know, on the one hand, they're not ex- they're not explicitly targeting trans women, mm. but the entire premise of the movie, like the entire like world of it, mm. is based off of the joke of watching Adam Sandler dressed up like a lady doing man stuff yep like sweating a lot and mm-hmm. you know being oh, if only they hulkishly saw how... strong yeah if only they saw how well she could open pickle jars was actually uh, a line uh, in this. yeah, yeah the, when uh, when jill can't find a date um I actually wrote a bunch of just all caps, ha, 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 and then a bunch of things like, ha, 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 Jill is nasty, ha, 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 they both scratch their crotch and fart. Uh, let's see, what, did I have another one? Ha, 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 she can lift the same and more than the muscle dudes at the gym. 
Isn't it funny? Because yeah. these are all things that women can't do because, you know, mm-hmm. women are only one type of person. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and they're all the women that get cast in Adam Sandler movies, apparently. Yeah. Because... <laughs> Well, and, and where I think we also, why specifically we're talking about this, and even though there are no trans characters and trans representation, um, a lot of the jokes do this thing that a lot of the these these the mm. problematic cis dudes in, dra- in drag, um, in performance as comedy do, which mm-hmm. is simultaneously everyone finds them super attractive, or at the very least, the people that are on dates with her do. Mm-hmm. Al Pacino is infatuated with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Norm Macdonald, I forget what his name, Hot Bucket? Love Bucket? Um, Chum fun Bucket? Bucket. Fun Bucket. Uh, who never gets a name, which I always thought was weird. They just kept calling him Fun Bucket because that was his handle. Um, which says a lot in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get to that, I guess. But all of those people like find her at least attractive. Mm-hmm. And... Then there's also lines like, uh, let's see, to do. What is I can it? think off like, the cuff. The the yeah. people at um, was it Felipe's party? Oh yeah yeah yeah. Like checking mm-hmm. under her dress to make sure that like mm-hmm. she's not a man. Yep. Like that happened, mm-hmm. and you know I felt a little numb inside, but it's fine. Yeah. There was another moment in the movie theater where they have a fight in the movie theater and all of a sudden one of them goes, hey, you can't yell at a lady like that. And his friend's like, is that a lady? Ha, 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 ha. So there's there's a lot of that humor which gets applied to trans folk and specifically gets looked at as, oh, well, these are trans people, even mm-hmm. though they're not as yeah. Sandler in a dress. Yeah, like the, mm-hmm. the, point, uh, the point that I was trying to make is like mm. there's no ex- explicit like, oh, yeah. you know fuck you trans women but on the other hand if you go like literally one layer deeper the movie is like uh i almost want to call it like a pastiche of transphobia yeah like Mm. it's just kind of all of it just you know just bundled up in this you know quirky adam sandler comedy flick yeah Oh, it's funny because it's Adam Sandler. Um, oh, she sweats so Adam much. Sandler. Isn't yeah. that isn't that funny? <laughs> so, I also feel like, and we'll get to the other characters in a sec, but I really want to dissect Adam Sandler as creator, or as the word that we were throwing around before oh, recording. Oh God! Yes, of course. Adam Sandler as film auteur, <laughs> uh, which we can go into auteur. Uh, what an auteur is in a moment, but uh, the the Adam Sandler canon uh, and the Adam Sandler movies. I feel like this movie showed more what Adam Sandler's kink is, mm-hmm. and it's that he wants to bang himself. Also, yeah, yeah, like it just it felt there was a weird. I don't necessarily want to say that there was a chemistry between Adam Sandler and Adam Sandler, because one of my other notes was two Adam Sandlers is five Adam Sandlers too many in a movie. But at the Boy, same time, they, they wanted to bang. And it was weird. Yeah. Uh... And then he basically put himself in with Al Pacino. It's like, okay, well, Al Pacino wants to bang me, or Jill. Al Pacino wants to, like, and... The, the, oh, and then especially in the end, he dresses up as Jill, which I gotta say, from the filmmaking perspective, they did a good job of drawing the line between Adam Sandler is portraying a woman and Adam Sandler is portraying himself in drag. Yeah, yeah. Like, like that was at least... 
clever. Yeah, they, they at least understood that there was a difference between that, even though the humor kind of did not throughout the entire... The humor, in quotes, uh, didn't... Because I laughed very little during this movie. Uh, it was just not well made. You can say whatever you want about other Adam it, Sandler things. I've it, laughed like, at them. like, swept the Razzies the year it came out. Yeah, I'm not at all surprised. Like, yeah. I mean, the, like, I can't even think of what could contend with it. <laughs> it's... It's it's potent. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, and it's creepy, creepy, horrific, like, intentions. Mm-hmm. So, hold on, let me see if this is going to help me. Oh, this helps me so much. I apologize. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Now, we were having an audio issue, and that has now fixed itself. All right. So... <laughs> yes? So, the, the other thing that I want to talk about... The moments that I laughed, because again, we just brought up that the humor of this movie is suspect, um, <laughs> but the moments that I laughed specifically, if, so let's first talk about Gary, the son who is adopted. A, some of the humor yeah. was, oh, he's adopted. Oh, we're going to talk about who he is and his skin color and all of this. And it's just, no. Yeah. And also they gave him a quirk where he tapes things to himself. Well, it's because he doesn't feel connected to his parents. I mean, I, I, I feel like that was just literally thrown in so that they could have a kid tape something to himself. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I, it didn't feel natural. Like it felt Look, I don't want to call dumb. Adam Sandler a surrealist, but <laughs> that was pretty surreal. Yeah. Like, I will admit I did laugh when Jill used his head as a pepper shaker because he <laughs> taped the pepper shaker to his head. That was funny. Uh, yeah. It was dumb. But, yeah. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna use this as a device, use it. <laughs> um, like I dare to compliment the man by yeah. any like meaningful way, but he is very good at using all of the horrible ideas that he has. Yeah. Like if you buy into like just the mm. creepy, like childish, grotesque humor of Adam Sandler, mm -hmm. he does execute it well. Mm. You know, he has a kid tape stuff to himself, and that's weird mm -hmm. but then he like has a joke out of it and i'm like okay that's fine you mm -hmm. know he has the whole dressing up as a lady thing that's bad mm -hmm. um but mm -hmm. then you have the like joke with the guy like adjusting uh adam sandler's fake tits mm. and, oh like, yeah no, and then that was... he did it again with jill and jill punches him through like a door yeah. mm -hmm. so i mean it's horrible but like it, mm. it is at least competently executed. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a bullshit joke, but it's at least like okay, like if you're gonna do that, okay. Yeah, if you're gonna go mm -hmm. there, I guess you might as well. Yeah, sort of deal. Uh, the other another moment that made me laugh was I think Gary stole this movie because this is another a Gary little bit. thing. Yeah. Uh, so this like six year old says with all of the like conviction of someone dead inside, "What are you gonna wear, Daddy?" In hell. <laughs> what happened to this movie? Oh my god, yeah. Um, the... Okay, the... I, I thought that the, the fight chant into Happy Birthday... That yeah, one that was very... That was fun. When there was, like a, there was about to be a fight, and it was like, Fight, 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 happy birthday. <laughs> that, was, that was genuinely funny. Mm-hmm. 
Um, what else? Al Pacino. Al Pacino on stage. I wish this was the entirety of what we saw. Yeah. Was Al Pacino taking a phone call on stage after before being like basically being kicked out of Hollywood because he yelled at someone for uh, bringing their phone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I thought that was legitimately funny. I thought that all of that made me laugh. The audience and, was really upset, and then yeah. also they started to get into it because yeah. he started quoting lines from his old movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it reminded me a lot of uh, there's this Patton Oswalt bit about why he didn't take a cushy, cushy, uh, consistent gig in Vegas, and it wasn't anything about the Vegas uh, promoters. It wasn't anything, but the mentality is he got out there and he did it once or twice and it was just like people yelling the movies that he's been in at him while he's trying to do his stuff mm. and honestly that is fine uh, mm -hmm. but at, and like he, he basically broke it down as this would be fine if I had nothing left to give artistically but I just I can't yeah. I, I think that it's great and they got to see me and they really wanted to see me but I just I, I can't I have too much that I still want to do yeah, to, no, to resign. Um, but I also wanted to bring up, and this didn't necessarily make me laugh, but I wrote down the word in all caps, transception, because... Yeah, yeah, because Caitlyn Jenner's in it. Yep, I, like, Caitlyn Jenner, I completely forgot she publicly transitioned, so she was still referred to That's by her dead name now. Very weird. Right? Like, yeah. It was like, <laughs> whoa! I was like... <laughs> What? Yeah. Oh my god, it was that, that was genuinely weird. Oh, also the one thing, the other thing that yeah. I will genuinely admit, mm -hmm. I found funny, and mm. you know, take it for what you will. Um, mm. Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, the Shaquille O'Neal stuff. That was, was funny. Weird, but it, it was weird, worked. but like whatever. Yeah, he really liked that ham. Yeah, he really liked that ham. It was like apparently his character really wanted to be in the wig. Uh, it's like yeah, it's like, just like was this was the wig your idea? No. Okay. <laughs> I yeah, I thought like, that they could have tried a little harder with a couple of the other. Like, I wish that they had done more of those ads and just yeah. brought like people in and done it like RoboCop style, where you're not really sure where the ad starts and it's weirdly like <laughs> sort of like like about the times. But uh -huh. sure, Shaquille O'Neal is licking a ham and just hamming it up. Um, <laughs> yeah, jokes. I got them. Uh, I got two. We're more... a funny stream. We're I a got... funny. Two more things that made me laugh, and both of them were involving Al Pacino. Uh, first, it was like, hey, I got a surprise for you. It's not Al Pacino, is it? Like, that actually got me to laugh. Uh, just the way that that was delivered, and also, yeah. you were with Al Pacino, weren't you? <laughs> Again, that was a Gary line, wasn't it? Uh huh. Yeah, Gary stole this movie. Gary. This little six-year-old. I guess he's not six anymore. Yeah, he's had to have grown. I guess he's ten. Yeah, that poor thing. Um, so let's let's talk really quick about what an auteur is. Right. Let's get so back on, can, on track with yeah. auteur theory. Um, so what do you want to give a little bit of what auteur theory it's is? Essentially, like it's understanding the work of an author through their established canon of work. Yeah. So, like, to understand Shakespeare, you use Shakespeare's canon, mm -hmm. essentially, to, like, describe his, like, artistic vision, his style, his, you know, elements of the film, or elements of his work that remains consistent throughout, like, mm -hmm. uh, his creative work, basically. Yeah. 
Um, and yeah, so you can look at, like, I know Lindsay Ellis had a really good video about explaining auteur theory and specifically breaking down Michael Bay's Transformer movies through the lens of Michael Bay, uh, which I do recommend people go out and watch. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Adam Sandler could be considered an auteur because the movies, particularly the ones like this one through Happy Madison, have a very consistent... There's a lot of consistency, whether it's from the people that he works with, whether it's from the way it's shot, uh, even just, like, the structure of it. There's... Mm -hmm. A lot that you can pull and so it's interesting that this one this piece did not work critically or as we're saying like from a from a comedic level no it really didn't i mean yeah. gary was funny but yeah like... gary gary was great i hope that guy i hope that guy's doing well me too yeah um <laughs> he really made this movie oh. uh him and it felt like the only people that really showed up and came to play were him uh nick swartzen who I really like his stand-up. I've not seen him be able to really break out Mm -hmm. past his stand-up, but his stand-up is so worth looking into, and I'm glad that he's getting consistent work, at least through these Adam Sandler movies now. But no, he is like one of the one of my favorite stand-ups. And Al Pacino, the three of them showed up to play. Yeah. Boy, did Al Pacino have fun with this movie that I don't know why he Mm -hmm. was in. Yeah. (laughs) Like... (laughs) And... Katie like, Holmes it, too. Is it Katie, like like she tried, but she was definitely a sexy lamp, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that's. I mean, we're talking about auteur theory. Yeah. That's kind of Adam Sandler's thing. Yep. He has a thing for like, you know, reasonable, a little bit motherly, like n- nurturing, like stable women. Like, most of the female counterparts to all of his movies are the same kind of woman, where they're, like, you know, you can make the argument that they're, like, independent, but they're not. Yeah. You know, you can make the argument that they have, like, their own life, but they don't, you Mm -hmm. know. They're basically there to be a surrogate mother for Adam Sandler's character. Yeah. You know, all she did, all she did throughout this movie was basically chastise uh, Jack for being too childish with his sister. Mm. And that was maybe one of the most jarring elements to it because mm. I you know, I, I'm just gonna go out and say it. Uh Jill, the character Jill, is a terrible person. Yeah. Like she's God just awful. a mm. terrible person mm. and we're supposed to buy the conceit of the movies that we're supposed to buy mm. her as this like free spirited, like mm. emotionally like resonant person Mm. but she's like just terrifyingly like racist and like has no sense of social boundaries and like is just cruel and petty and vindictive and Mm. like yeah they don't really give her any depth they don't give her really anything like Mm -hmm. like (sighs) like they kind of they because I know that she ends up with and I can't remember the character's Felipe. name Felipe like she ends up with Felipe at the end right I I kind of quit near the end I, I guess so, yeah I just saw where it was going I was already putting in the numbers and I was just like yep all right I don't need to watch the last five minutes but they were definitely leading to she's going to be in a relationship with Felipe um, yeah. it's it's interesting that they played Al Pacino as the villain and then did a one eighty on it they I think that was actually pretty well earned well, was Al Pacino's not 
Al Pacino was because, a creepy you know, fuck. It's but... method acting. Yeah. He did a 180 because Don Quixote mm-hmm. is a yeah. noble and virtuous man, mm-hmm. which, as a Spanish descendant myself, thank you. <laughs> Don Quixote is all right. Mm. You know, the book itself is weird. Anyway. Yeah. Um... I'm excited for the Terry Gilliam film when it actually comes out, if it ever does. But yeah, um, supposedly it's on its way. Um yeah, so so, but where I was going with that is especially with like Felipe and his entire family and Jill. Like it's it's interesting that she got together with him just because she was pretty racist. But even then, like the Felipe character, it just felt kind of like Adam Sandler was like, let's get Cheech Marin. Oh, let's get someone young and just have them pretend to be Cheech Marin. Yeah, a little bit. And. and uh, I don't know, the entire style of humor, mm. as far as, like, I'm going to take this from a different angle for half a second. As sure. transphobic as, like, Adam Sandler movies can get, and boy, can they, mm. um, I feel like he is also pretty fantastically racist. Yeah. Like, Felipe, his entire thing was, like, playing up weird stereotypes and going, I'm kidding, and, like... Yeah. It's this sort of... Well, it's that hipster racism. Yeah, it's yeah, the, like, like racism... Because um... Felipe didn't write this movie. Let me, no. quadru- let me quadruple check this. I believe this was an Adam Sandler-penned film, but let me, again, yeah, yeah, yeah. quadruple yeah. check it while we talk. Well, um... while you're checking, mm-hmm. um, I think it was an episode of Pop Culture Detective that I saw, mm-hmm. um, where, I mean, and, you know, he was talking about misogyny, but mm-hmm. I feel like this applies here... Where it's this sort of like weird new age racism where like they're not saying that racism is bad or good. They're mm. just saying that like racism isn't that big of a deal. Mm. You know, the entire like idea that racism is over because, you know, mm. we're modern. We're like good. Uh Oh, no, it's, it's just very interesting to me. Uh, so Adam Sandler wrote the screenplay with Steve Corin, who I'm unfamiliar with. But Robert Smigel did the first and second rewrites. Uh, uncredited. I don't know who that is. Uh, he has worked on. Let me double check. Like he's he's like a very big name writer. Um, but like it's it's one of those things. Like you'll you'll know why. Oh, of course. Okay. So he worked on Saturday Night Live in the seventies, Punch Drunk Love, and You Don't Mess with the Zohan. But he's like done a lot bigger stuff. Um, let me look up more about Robert Smigel while we talk. Yeah. But yeah, like but... that, that surprises me. Yeah. Um, oh boy. <laughs> Filmography. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Punch Drunk Love, Dumbass with Zohan. He's a writer on Conan. He's a writer. He, uh, no, he's the, the, he is Triumph the, the insult comic dog. Oh. Yeah. Um, Oh, he worked on Pixels, man. For all the good God, he's why done. Why did I watch Pixels? <laughs> I don't think they're trans people. Oh, Qbert, I guess, but Qbert's not gendered. Ugh, I don't know. <clears throat> anyway, um, we're gonna move on. Yeah. So, <laughs> so no. But yeah, Adam Sandler has like Adam Sandler types and, and tropes and establishments, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he's very like casually racist and transphobic mm-hmm. and sexist. Yep. And homophobic, actually. He mm-hmm. kind of hits all 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 four a little bit. Oh yeah. In their mm-hmm. own little ways, mm-hmm. you know. And I think the thing about this movie is that it's m- like surprisingly way more insidious mm. than. Like some of his other work that I, I've seen, where it's just like, 
um, like nothing is explicitly like, oh, haha, it's funny because you know racism. Yeah. Um, but like it's all just like this is just part of who she is, and oh mm. boy, and mm. oh it's funny because you know she's a woman and Al Pacino loves her, but like you know she's mm. not really a woman. Yeah. You know, or uh, even though in the story she is, we all as the audience know that this is Adam Sandler in, especially since we see later the Jack character in drag later in, quote unquote, good drag. Um, in well executed drag, sure, and <laughs> yeah, well, well enough. They they at least so random tangent. Uh, the Kroll show, which I really do enjoy, but every now uh-huh. and then Nick Kroll will portray a female character, and they just don't cover up his uh, stubble very uh-huh. well. This one, at least, like whether they did it digitally or whether they had a really good makeup artist, yeah, no, Adam Sandler looked pretty good and not good in drag he just looked like they were pursuing it correctly as far as how to... I, yeah. Yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah. So, because I don't think he looked very good, but at the same time, that's not what we're talking about. I mean, I don't Al think... Al Pacino did, and that's what matters. I don't think Adam Sandler ever looks good personally. No, I think... Know. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it is just his personality that I just don't care for, and I did really enjoy. So let's... So let's get to the heart of this. Mm-hmm. Why didn't this movie work on a comedic level? Because um, I don't know about you, but I laughed at Billy Madison. I laughed at Happy Gilmore. Um, yeah. They were they were funny. Well, I mean, I think that this is coming in a long line of Adam Sandler movies, and Adam mm. Sandler movies are intensely formulaic. Mm. So after a good handful of these movies, there's really nothing new or interesting that he's exploring Mm. you know he's just doing the same thing with like another weird quirky thing Mm. and this time around i think it didn't work probably like i don't want to be idealistic and be like oh well you know everybody got insulted because of his portrayal of a woman Mm. but i think more more than anything people were just kind of irritated because it felt like narcissistic to a a certain degree Mm. like he was playing opposite himself mm. and it was all just wacky hijinks from him and then also him mm. and maybe Adam Sandler movies need to function better with other people other than Adam Sandler and mm. when the two main screen time characters mm. are both him it's your comment again the yeah. two Adam Sandlers in a movie is five too many yeah you know he's not He's not a very good standalone presence, mm. film-wise. Yeah. Like, I, I also wonder who could have done this. Who should Adam Sandler have gotten instead of just doing it himself? Like, Ooh. I realized that they were going for the identical twin thing. I realized that they were going for this as that. But what if they were... I mean, I guess, Eddie, I guess, I guess Eddie Redmayne wasn't a thing back then. <laughs> he was not. He was, he was very close. He was on the cusp. <laughs> this was before there were Danish girls. Um... Yeah. Who knew that Danish girls only existed very recently? Right? Yeah. No. Um, so who, who could Adam Sandler have gotten uh, to... To make this horrifying movie with him? Yeah. I she probably wasn't a thing at this point, but it, I pro, I would have it would have worked if this was Kristen Schaal opposite yeah. Adam Sandler because I feel she like she has the kind of weird quirky energy to like pull that off. Yeah, 
I wouldn't want her to be in an Adam Sandler movie no, because I like her she career. She's way too good. And for she's that. way too good. Mm-hmm. But um, she definitely could. Yeah. Um, and they I guess. I would have had to sacrifice all of the, like, oh, is that really a woman jokes? But I yeah, think it would have be better with Adam. I mean, yeah. that's not really. We my, wouldn't be analyzing my, it if she was in it. Yeah. My heart really wouldn't be weeping for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. those were not quality humor moments. Mm, mm. Um, but I guess that's maybe the, also the other reason why Adam Sandler movies aren't doing so well anymore. Mm. He's got a... Well, they're not doing... He's not putting out anything with studios in... Not necessarily in Hollywood. When I say that, I mean, like, at the movie theaters. Yeah. Because he's got to deal with Netflix because he is a commonly searched person and Netflix does have a different model. We found yeah, that out yeah. with, like... The success of Bright, which Bright is well executed but not well written, but well, it it didn't have a screenwriter. Yeah, you know, but it was well executed for something that had no screenwriter. And honestly, like sure. I had fun with it, but I probably would have been mad if I paid money to see it in theaters. But because it was on Netflix, sure. And that's kind of where a lot of people and this Adam Sandler deal with Netflix makes sense because people aren't necessarily willing to fork over the money to go see a Jack yeah. and Jill, but I bet if this was on Netflix... It, it... would probably not necessarily do b- better. It would, I, I don't know. Yeah. It would be less like troubling for people. But I also think a lot of that is more that... Um, I just think Adam Sandler just has not matured in his sensibilities. Yeah. You know, and this is... It's kind of a trap for a lot of uh, comedians and, like, mm. comic artists um, in this day and age is that, like, people and society and our understanding and our perception and, like, things mm. that we are in- interested in mm. are constantly changing and moving forward in different mm-hmm. ways. And it can often feel uh, troubling for comedians, I think. Mm. Um, you know, if I, I'm i saying this and I'm talking about Adam Sandler, but I'm also thinking in my mind, like, people like Tina Fey. Mm-hmm. Um who, like, have a very established voice and a very established sense of uh, comedy, mm-hmm. but because of that, they're kind of grounded in their ways. You know, if you mm. watch the newest season of, like, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, mm. like, she spends episode after episode in that season, um, you know, making digs at millennials and millennial culture, mm. because millennial culture wasn't a big fan of how weirdly racist Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is. Yeah. And her response was instead of like trying to recontextualize that and like, you know, change things or Mm. or something was to pick on millennials for, you know, being overly sensitive, which is Mm. a weird angle to take. And, Mm. you know, by that same logic, I saw Jack and Jill and frankly, it was made recently. Like it yeah. was made a few years ago. Yeah, it was uh, 2011, um, I believe. Was 2011. The... Yeah, okay. so it was you know under 10 years ago. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but I could not meaning I could not make a meaningful distinction between his sense of humor in this movie and mm. his sense of humor in something like Little Nicky. Yeah, and even then, Little Nicky did, from what I understand, Little Nicky did well in the box office, but it was mm-hmm. not very well reviewed. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, like, it was definitely the last Adam Sandler movie that I watched that I, like, did of my own volition, for lack of a better term. <laughs> Maybe, I think Fifty First Dates came after it, but even then, like, that was oh, yeah. the start of his vaguely depressed Adam Sandler phase. Yeah, like, he yeah. had, like, a weird, like... Yeah. 
because that movie was um I mean, I can't remember many things about Fifty First Dates, but yeah. like I remembered that I remembered liking it at least a little bit more than his other <laughs> stuff. I was bored by it, but it was better than Little Nicky. <laughs> like that was, that was what I thought. Yeah, no, yeah. that's fair. It's just that's like, fair. all right, this is boring, but yeah, it's better than Little Nicky and Drew Barrymore. The thing is, Drew Barrymore is great mm-hmm. sometimes. And in this... Boy, is she a typecast, though. Yeah. Like... Well, and, and in this... Like, I think in the projects that she specifically funds and the ones that she, mm-hmm. like, works on herself... Like, Grey Gardens was great. Mm-hmm. She's wonderful in that. But in general, she has a tendency when she's, like, in a project that other people are in charge of... Um, I don't know. She kind of comes off as a plank of wood. With googly eyes. A little bit. And 50 First Dates felt that way. And I really wanted more, but it was mm-hmm. just like, all right, part of it is, well, this is the script. Well, this is what they're dealing with. Yeah, again, yeah. Adam Sandler's not really good with women in yeah. his movies. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe that's not the case in real life. Maybe he's an absolute mm-hmm. upstanding gentleman, whatever, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But, like, in mm. his films... Tip the fedora. Yep. Milady. <laughs> Milady. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel Sorry. I feel tainted, mm-hmm. um, but I I don't know. In his films, again, like mm-hmm. all of his like female love interests are all very you know mm-hmm. safe, and yeah. they like him and they find him charming, and it's okay to like you know n- nurture him and occasionally chastise him when he does. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like oh uh, you the mm-hmm. like um. Like in Jack and Jill, like uh, hmm. Katie Holmes was just like at the end when like he tried to use his sister as a bargaining chip to like have Al Pacino appear in his commercial. Yeah, that was. And weird. her yeah. like admonishment of him was like, you know, Jill was right about you. You are a weirdo, and I'm like, that's what you're gonna say? Well, that's the thing. Like he exited dressed as. Jill trying to find Jill, and she says that. And so Uh it can be read in a couple of different ways. Like, A, you're a weirdo for doing this, but also she's seeing him in a dress Uh and saying this. And I've, yeah, it could also be that. Yeah. Like, yeah. But like, this movie. I mean, I guess that's another problem with his, like, tonality is just like Mm. some really messed up stuff happens in his movies. Mm. Almost all of his movies, something really messed up happens, Mm. and it's all played off really well, and at Mm. the end, you know, Adam Sandler's character is always the good guy. Mm. You know? Oh, apparently Adam Sandler in this movie, Jack, is an author? I didn't find this out until an hour and 15 minutes in. Like, it just... You got this book you want to write, and you just can't write it. And I know, I'm Al Pacino. I'm Al Pacino-ing everywhere. You're an author. It's like, really? This is an hour and 15 minutes into a 90-minute movie that we're finding out that Jack wants to be an author and doesn't want to be in advertising anymore. Yet he stays in advertising. He stays in advertising at the end of the movie. He loves that job, Mm -hmm. apparently. Like, maybe he doesn't, but he does, clearly, and (laughs) it's clearly paying well Mm -hmm. because he's living it up. Yeah. No, that is a... That is not the house of a writer. I've been to a lot of writers' houses. It's like, uh uh-uh. And, yeah, and listen, no, he's, your place, he's doing listen, well. Your place is nice, but, oh, yeah. like, it's it's no, like, what, <laughs> Beverly Hills, like, yeah. mansion? Oh, did you get a new chandelier? I like the old I chandelier. I like the old chandelier. Yeah. That's, uh, like, the worst thing to uh, ever say ever, like. Yeah. So, speaking of 
Al Pacino and near the end of the movie. Um, I, well, okay. So I got to say, I didn't hate the tender moments that they tried to put into the movie. Mm-hmm. But And this is a, a thing with Adam Sandler. He'll start the tender moments and then here's some shitty humor. And yeah. it's like the the moment, specifically the one we were talking about with like the 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 bathroom attendant seeing mm-hmm. Jill, and that happened right after Jill figured out, like basically said over the phone, "If you don't talk to me like you, I'll know why you really brought me on this vacation." Yeah. And he doesn't, and she is sitting there, and like this was. Probably the most acting that Adam Sandler did in this movie was that moment <laughs> after where where Jill is just realizing what happened and how she's been used and how she's constantly been used by her brother and she just wants mm-hmm. to love her brother and then she gets fondled by the bathroom attendant and punches him through a door. Yeah. 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 So that's very yeah. um there's a bit of a tonal dissonance there. Yeah. Just just, uh, just a wee bit. Oh, and also Monica, the uh, Jack's ex-girlfriend from high school, is David Spade in drag. Yeah, yeah. that happened, yeah. and no one said anything about yeah. it. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't brought up. It wasn't, yeah. like... Gets Katie Holmes in a headlock. Yeah. It, it's the whole... Yeah, that whole thing was very, like... I mean, it's very clear that Monica was also meant to be a cis female in this universe. Yeah. But it's David Spade and drag. We know it's David Spade and drag. It wasn't very subtle. Yeah. Nope. It, like, mm-hmm. and I wonder why if, did that happen? I wonder, honestly, if it's so that Adam Sandler as Jill, A, because it's like, ha ha ha, man in drag, but I wonder if it's so that when Jill knocks out Monica, mm-hmm. it's not looked at as Adam Sandler is punching a woman. Because even though Jill is a female character... He never, and this hits, is... he never hits a woman ever in his movies, yeah. I don't think. And this is, as weird as this segue is, this is why in WWE, mm-hmm. they have, whenever they do like a mixed match thing, they have an entire mixed match challenge going on mm-hmm. now. And it's a cis male competitor and a cis female competitor in a tag team against another set of the same. And whenever one tags out, so like let's say like uh, Sasha Banks tags out to Finn Balor, the other whoever they're facing, like Braun Strowman, will have to come in from Alexa Bliss, even if they didn't tag, because mm-hmm. they don't want to show uh, men hitting women, because then they won't be a PG product. It'll be a much more like yeah. it'll be R-rated product. Yeah, that's. The rating system is tricky that way. Like, and that's television, that's not movies, but at the same time, they have a lot of similarities. uh, I wonder if that was a factor, or if they just literally wanted to do... I mean, also, again, again, Adam Sandler, you know, he hasn't really matured at all, I would say, personally. Mm. So, like, maybe... He's just gotten more depressed, it seems. Yeah, like, (laughs) maybe he just got... Maybe he still holds on Mm. to the whole, like, you know, Mm. men shouldn't punch women thing yeah so like i don't know if it's like weird moralizing from his part i Mm. don't know if it's like the like rating of the movie was going to be affected negatively yeah or maybe it was just that you know Mm. we wanted to he wanted to punch you know he didn't write anything for david spade and so he's like ah crap because it feels very shoehorned in yeah monica appeared in like the last seven minutes of the film 
Like, I would have loved it way more if Monica was in the beginning, and then, mm-hmm. like, part of the three-act structure is Monica is trying to sabotage Jack. Um, like, something. Yeah. Uh, there nope. could have been, like, a tension there, but no, nope, yeah. suddenly, Monica, hi. Yeah. Uh. So I want to start uh, winding down. Let's. Yeah. Is there anything else that we haven't discussed that we really feel like we need to discuss? Um. Oh, boy. Yeah. Because I'll get to the stock questions that we always ask. Of course. But I think I think we kind of nailed it. I think we talked yeah, like, about uh, most of... As bizarre as this film is, it is kind of at the heart really sub- substance... There's just like no substance in it. Yeah. It's substanceless. Yeah. yeah. So let's ask the questions. Did you find it enjoyable? No. You can... <laughs> Do I have to? I have to. Get no, no, no. That's right. totally fine. I was just going to um, say that you can answer either like one to ten scale. You can do a sound that embodies what you feel. I'll you could it, just say no. That's fine too. I'll give it a two because okay. you know what, Gary was funny yeah. and go Gary. Yeah, Team Gary, yeah. Team Gary for life. <laughs> and I find it weirdly satisfying to see Shaquille O'Neal just like have a good time. <laughs> Like, yeah. I will give He's the movie dude, those two yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree, no. I got very little enjoyment. I actually found myself hate watching it through most of it. Uh, the only exceptions being Al Pacino on stage. That was great. And I wish the entire movie didn't was talk just about... Al Pacino receiving phone calls. We didn't talk about... Mm-hmm. The commercial that he made at the end of the movie. Yeah, no, I uh, I played it on an early on uh, earlier episode because JPEG forced my hand um, <laughs> to show that we were going to talk about this movie. Uh, let's talk about the song and dance number in a Dunkin' Donuts, <laughs> which I call into question immediately the reasoning behind this because. They mentioned that the Dunkachino, and I've got the quote here somewhere, but essentially uh, uh, Tim Meadows comes in mm-hmm. and says, hey, Dunkin' Donuts is our new thing. We got our, we got a new product. They got a new product there they want to advertise. It's called the Dunkachino. It's a new product. I'm adding a lot of extra words to it, but that's yeah. the what they were trying to say. Our and brand new product. Brand new product were what was said. I'm going to look up Dunkachino, because I remember having these in high school. Ooh. There is no way, and I am a lot older than a lot of other people that are listening to this, but I'm going to find out when the Dunkachino was first created. When Okay, I don't want to talk to you, Google. Just tell me when the Dunkachino was made. When Technology. It's the so Dunkachino. For those who cannot see, I am on my phone right now. Uh, and But I will tell you, if you, if you pay at least $1 every month, for your subscription to our Patreon at patreon.com is scintillating action. You can watch Ashley look at her phone to find out when the Dunkachino was created, at least in 2000. Um, so 11 years. It's 11 years. It's not a new product anymore. Uh, Duncan Brews. I got a. Got a cool lot of. Oh my gosh. No, that's for the frozen Dunkachino. So they were already making a, a, adjustments to it in the year 2000. Yeah. 
So when does this movie take place? Does it take place in, like, the 90s? Well, it has to take place. Hold on. It has to take place, like... More modern, because the entire thing about Al Pacino and the phone phone thing was a recent topical event, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So... Did they... I'm I'm finding out the specifics. I'm getting this. Hold on, no, I have I'm to ask the this. serious question yeah, here. Please. In the movie Jack and Jill, uh huh, does the state of California experience time dilation? Ooh, ooh, okay. Is this actually okay. like an intense like look at cultural stagnation in Hollywood? <laughs> I wonder. Are they so? Is the statement that Hollywood is so self obsessed that somebody from Dunkin' Donuts? could advertise for a, a beverage at least over 11 years old mm. because no one noticed. Okay. I'm, oh my God. Why can't, why can't I just find this? This is, there is a conspiracy going on right now about the Dunkachino. Oh my God. Your microphone is muted. Conspiracy. They tried to silence me. <laughs> they tried to silence you by moving your own thumb over the mute button. Those Duncan bastards. Hashtag reptile truth. Hashtag reptile truth. Oh, anyway. Reptiliates. Okay. Right. So, so, then so the, inconclusive, the fast... but at least by 2000, the Duncachino has existed. And they are calling it a brand new <clears throat> beverage. So, you know, uh, they should probably look into this new company this on the rise company uh-huh. uh that they should advertise for it's very new no one knows about it yet uh, uh-huh. it's called apple isn't that like a fruit no it's a computer company why would they make i don't i don't really get it because like an apple's a fruit but I why know. would they make it i i think the maybe they make them out of, out of apple? apples they must oh yeah like they have to yeah cool so now that we're done waxing poetic let's <laughs> get uh let's get to the meat of the podcast yeah, let's, let's is ask the question it transphobic jack and jill i put it at like a seven yeah like i mean yeah hmm Nothing about this movie makes me want to have, like, any kind of hard, committed opinion about it. It's yeah. just weirdly, like, as grotesque and as, like, weirdly awful as it is, it kind of slides off of you. Mm. Like... I think if it was successful, I might think harsher about it. Yeah. But because it bombed, it was like, just like, oh, yeah. well. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, it didn't bomb because people were like, yeah, this is bullshit. They, it bombed because people were like, this looks boring. Um, and they were right. It, it, judge, it is both, actually. It judge is your both. books by their covers, folks. Um, yeah. But yeah, so as far as me and whether it's transphobic, I, I put it on a similar, like maybe like seven or eight, honestly, because yeah. it still perpetuates the concept of like a, a like you were supposed to laugh at a man wearing women's clothes and i'm not saying that apparently for like an hour and a half and Mm -hmm. that's exhausting yeah like (laughs) frankly Mm -hmm. i don't think there's a joke Mm. at all that can live in an hour and a half long space yeah by itself no i agree you know also adam sandler had to put up with himself that's that's a lot yeah um the other the other thing is like i want to eventually have a conversation about how do you do this well and I, we're, I, I've I, put it on the docket that we're going to cover it. I 
I really like the way Future Man handled it. Future Man. That is a fantastic show, in I my opinion. It. It's on Hulu. It's got one season. It's starring, I can't remember his name, but the guy that played PETA from The Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and essentially, at one point, like, there, and it's it's still wrapped up in some bullshit. Uh-huh. So I'm very excited to kind of put that on the docket. We won't necessarily talk about it right now, but uh, for a future episode, we're going to talk about Future Man in in particular, there's a plot line that turns into a farce, a living room farce. Oh, okay. And the entire one-hour episode is just people going in and out of doors, people thinking other people are the wrong people, and just, mm-hmm. like, the miscommunications and horrible actions of these people. Is um, Adam Sandler in it? No. Oh, thank goodness. No, and they actually deal with because I don't care for crude humor, mm-hmm. but they do it right. They do that crude humor really well. Hey. Yeah. All right. So... The answer is yes. I find this v- incredibly transphobic, but at the same Surprising time, like, no one, I, I, mm, I'd hope. Yeah, but at the same time, I had failed. So more failed. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No skin off my nose. Cool. So let's let people know how to find you on the internet if you want them to. Oh boy. Um. So I am on. I guess more reliably now, I'm on Twitter. Um. Uh, at uh, Vivi Aladren, that's V-I-V-I-A-L-A-D-R-E-N. Mm. Um, I'm also on Curious Cat at Valadren, I believe, mm. which is V-A-L-A-D-R-E-N. I haven't checked it in like a million years. <laughs> um, you can find my music over at um, vivialadren.bandcamp.com. Um, and as soon as more details are available, you'll be able to watch a video series that I'm working on. Uh, and that will be exciting, but it's still very much in the works. So Yay. you got a sneak preview right now. And if you're on our Patreon, Patreon you'll feel. be able to see at, these snaps. Look at, these look at that. Wicked snaps. Uh, so our snap game is very, it's dynamic. It's, it's fierce. Uh, so for me, you can find me at, uh, on Twitter at Lucretia dear for L U C R E T I A. D-E-A-R, the number four. Uh, Is It Transphobic has its own Twitter page, at Is It Transphobic. And, uh, yeah, you can go on Patreon if you want to support us. We're looking to try and get a new camera, one that doesn't try and zoom in on people. uh, Yeah, it's been very well behaved today. Uh, Yeah, it was great. It it didn't try and zoom in on anybody. And, uh, yeah, so that's patreon.com slash Is It Transphobic. For my video series that hasn't started yet. So, again... (laughs) When, once that all yeah. bundles up, then we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that. Okay. But... Uh, and yeah, and actually, uh, Vivian is the person that did our intro and outro music, so thank you, Vivian. Stop. We'll see if we can't get more music out of you for free, because that's how people work these days, yeah. right? It, they work exposure. on exposure. Yeah. yeah. It's right. the most useful yeah. thing in the world outside of, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. money that you can use to live. <laughs> We'll see if we can set up a Patreon goal so that we can get you some money. We can get some more music out of here. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, Lies. I'm always happy so. to have more money, but I also love being here. So. Awesome. All right. So thank you so much for watching. Let's thank do something you. physical so that people who are paying the money can get something out of this. Whoa! <laughs> One day we're going to get 3D technology, and then all I'm ever going to do the entire time we do this Let's podcast. Just go right at the Whoa! Right at the awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> Is It Transphobic was produced, edited, and coordinated by Ashley Lauren Rogers. The Is It Transphobic logo was created by Phoenix Sweeney, and you can see more of their work at tinylionroars.github.io. 
The original music you heard was all created by Vivian Aladrin, who you can find on Bandcamp at vivianaladrin.bandcamp.com.